Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. It's Tuesday. We're in the studio. Got more cameras in my face than I ever thought I would have. This is a bizarre feeling. And it's the big man, Murph. How you doing, bro? I'm all good, mate. It's, uh, yeah. It, it, it used to be just you and me. Now it's you, me, Lee, behind the glass. Hi, Lee. Um... Several GoPros, a camera. Several GoPros, a camera, and a load of other stuff. I hope before long it's going to be like drones and. Drones. There's going to be all sorts of things going on in here. Like it's going to be like a 360 camera. We should do like one of those like uh, virtual tours of the studio sort of thing. That would not take long. <laughs> and there it is. We've got to charge for it. <laughs> That's true. To charge for it. Entry oh, yeah, we've got to make some money somehow. Okay, fair enough. It's $3 to come in here and. There's about three square feet you can stand in, so space is limited to three people at a time. You'll get five minutes per tour. Uh, I might sign your chest. What else? I don't know. What sign else can I offer? Well, it's a good one, isn't it? Because you know. that doesn't wash off in the shower. Well, that's why, <laughs> yeah, but that means I have to come back. Uh, it's good. I, I like si- that. If I sign your shirt or your hat, you're not coming back. That, that, that makes sense. It's the Rushies, Murph. It's time for the annual five yard rush fantasy awards it's in my top five favorite shows of the year 
I did enjoy last year. I, I do have to say, we're no Rich this year. It's just you and me. Yeah, I felt um, Rich is busy with two kids and life, life, and yeah, I mean, so are we. But um, we put more awards to the public this year than ever, and we jazzed it up a little bit. So you know, it's it's the, like the Rushies twenty twenty is. We've gone with the theme. <clears throat> it's like all things with Five Yard. We started. It sort of worked. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, just fighting a, a cold there, so apologies. Uh, it started. It sort of worked, and then we got some traction. It went well, and then we just up and evolved the idea. Like every year, we just get a little bit better. So, spoiler alert: Christian McCaffrey. Are if you are listening, there is actually no award in the post this year. But next year is going to be even better. Well, there is an award for him. Yeah, but it's not going in the post. There's not an actual physical award. No, no, no. But next year. There's going to be an award, and we will take a video of Christian McCaffrey at him and say, look, bro, this is for you. Let us know where to send it, even if it's Panthers training camp. And That sounds like a plan. Because, let's face it, he's going number one next year, and he's, he's going to win another rushy. Probably. Let's pencil him in. We could, already, we could send him this year's net four next year already. Yeah. Mind you, having said that, we gave Patrick Mahomes a few last year, and spoiler alert, he's not going to take home any this year. Unless I change one on the fly. <laughs> that's unlikely. This, that's very unlikely. They're written in stone, man. Stone? <laughs> this <laughs> tablet? Yeah. <laughs> well, they were written on the tablet originally. Well, there you go. Stone reference. Masons, we've got it all going on. So what's new at Five Yard Murph? The shop, nearly there. Lee's dragging his heels somewhat, a little. That's harsh. Well, no, he is. You know, he's, he told me himself. He's a busy boy. He's very busy. He's got cameras and... Th- three of them. Yeah. This is unsettling, to say the least. <laughs> uh, the FFC, how's that coming along? FFCC is filling up nicely. The registrations are still on the site. I still need to do that. So we need to get people, <laughs> go on to 5yardrush.co.uk, fill out the form, get yourself a spot in the, well, potentially a spot in the 2020 FFCC. Um, we are looking to do another event it's going to be big, which dog. Will be a big, big event, which will be good. Um, the playoffs are still going on. Playoff fantasy leagues are still going. Are we in any of those? We, well, we're in all of them. We haven't been knocked out. Well, there's only one that's a guillotine, and we're on the bubble, but we made it this week. Nah, that's all but we we're only 30 points away from top. So it's not, it's not inconceivable. So we're on the hunt. But the other two are very unlikely. We're placed mid-table, but... You know, we've we've been blown with some Ravens going out and, and not true. using them and things like that. And then our set and forget league is kind of almost dead. So, oh, well, you can't win them all. No, it's, it's it's about giving an opportunity for people to play. People have enjoyed them, but we're still alive in the guillotine. So let's see what happens. Okay. Um, Dermy's claimed his Deonta Foreman shirt. We just need to get that to him. Um, plus everyone minus Dave. Dave, get in touch. We're just waiting on you to get the t-shirt sent out. So, Do you have Dave Long's Twitter? Yeah, I'll get hold of him no, on No, no, no. What is his at? Um, I'll look it up later. Okay, so I'll tell you what. We will have it by the end of the show and everybody else who won a listener league at Dave Long and tell him to tell me his t-shirt size and then you can all receive your t-shirts. <laughs> How's that? I will. I will message Dave and I will make sure that we get it sorted and then we'll get the t-shirts ordered and sent out and hopefully by the end of Jan, beginning of Feb, everyone will have their t-shirts. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Right, let's talk about Super Bowl week, Murph. Super Bowl week is coming back. Apparently it's an annual event, the Super Bowl. 
Um, the, yeah, the Super Bowl happens every year. I yeah. can contest of it. So last year we did five shows. This year we're hopefully going to do five shows again. Do you know what? I've completely forgotten about Super Bowl week. And then you filled my Slack chat up today with five show notes. And I'm thinking, this seems like an awful lot of, for one week. I'd completely forgotten that we did five shows last week. We did five shows last yeah, year. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so on the hunt. So if the 49ers make it, I have a 49ers guest lined up to do one pod. What if they don't? Uh, then uh, I am very close to getting a Packers person lined up. So either way, one of those two will be on. Uh, <clears throat> I have a Titans person who I haven't reached out to yet, but I feel confident that we could nab. The problem is if, if the Kansas City Chiefs make it, other than Sam Quick, who... I haven't tried reaching out to. Yes. Nor do I think that that would be a massively successful operation given the time frame. But I don't know any other... I don't want to say semi-famous, but well-known Kansas City Chief fans. So if you guys have access to somebody... I, I don't want like just a random fan, but I'm talking about someone who is comfortable... Someone who does podcasts or someone who does some form of outgoing communication and is a Kansas City Chiefs fan uh, whether it's a celebrity whether it's not a celebrity or someone that we can get Patrick that Mahomes. you know we get yeah anyone like that just um, <laughs> send us some ideas because I'm struggling as to who we could potentially ask we should to definitely try Sam Quick listen if, if the Chiefs get there I will definitely try well, and try I might need some help from everyone sort of front loader yeah I mean not the easiest person to try and get, but if people were willing to back the claim, then we can try and put some pressure on her to come on. Uh, but since she hasn't done any UK podcasts, as far as I'm aware, I'm not overly hopeful. Maybe no one's asked her. You I don't... think people have asked. But listen, I'm willing to try. You know me, I'm always willing to try, but we do need a plan B. So if there is a reasonable name out there who is who we can get in touch with, who's a... A Chiefs fan who, without being rude, is a step down from Sam Quick and slightly more achievable, then let me know. We'll get to work. But I will start working on Sam Quick tomorrow. There, there might be someone who's a step above Sam Quick. Or anyone. Um, <laughs> Literally anyone. Even the next the guy, player. If there's next player that we can get hold of, I, I don't mind anyone who. Let's, let's see what we can do. Okay, fair. Let's talk some divisional games reviews. The Vikings lost 27 10 to the Niners. This was not a surprise. No, nor was it close. Um, very, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think the the Vikings had gone as far as they can go. They could go, and the 49ers looked fresh. Like, they looked really good coming off the bye. They ran the ball well with Tevin Coleman, which was a bit of a shock. 105 yards and two TDs. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, had a pretty steady game. Didn't have to throw the ball too much. You know, they established the run really well. Uh, the 49ers... Um, Kendrick Bourne looked great I felt um, he had a pretty good game so at the end of the day it was it was pretty much in control early doors and the the 49ers just did what they did you know dominate the, the time of possession you know, they had almost 40 minutes on the ball in this game um, but you know 128 or 186 rushing yards do you know the Vikings only had 21 rushing yards in this game <laughs> really yeah, that's that must be their uh, for season team that low. Leads, yeah, for the team that kind of leads the or leads with the rush, it's, it was a bit of a shock. So, yeah, 
you know, it, no shock to anyone, but Vikings valiant effort beating the Saints last week, but the 49ers advance and uh, one game closer to the Super Bowl now. Mm-hmm. Talking of one game closer, the Titans in a huge upset beat the Ravens 28-12. If you don't know that result, where have you been? Yeah, I mean, that that was a huge shock, but but thoroughly deserved. I felt that the Titans were, were superb. Derek Henry just is... Monster. I mean, absolutely incredible. I mean, what what doesn't he do? He even threw a touchdown pass in this game, which is just... A little layup. Yeah, which is just <laughs> incredible. Um, 195 yards rushing off 30 attempts. Uh, just... They were just brilliant all the way through. I mean, Tannehill didn't have to do much. 7 of 14 for 88 yards. Did get two touchdowns. Um, Isn't uh, Derek Henry the first NFL player in history to go over 175 in three games running? Yes, he is. Um, and he's probably on his way to getting the playoff, all-time playoff rushing record if he can get all the way there as well. So uh, he's having a phenomenal season um, and it's continued. But the Titans just really rammed it down. The Ravens throw it. And the, the Ravens just couldn't get anything going and if you looked at the box score in this game and if i was to tell you that lamar jackson went 31 of 59 59 is a career high passing attempts he threw for 365 yards with one touchdown two ints plus he also ran the ball 20 times for 143 yards so he put up 508 yards of offense in this game that's a lot but i mean a lot of it was garbage time a lot of it was just you know titans basically just played containment yeah. ball just didn't give up the big play and said to Lamar you can have these close yardage throws um, but I mean such a shame I, I think the game really changed early with Mark Ingram he was clearly hurt they had that sort of weird taser massager thing on his calves um, it just it just looked weird I was like that just it was grossing me out watching it <laughs> um, and I think when they lost him I think they really struggled with what to do and you know Lamar Jackson again I think this is the blueprint of how you beat Lamar Jackson. People are like, how do you stop this guy? It's really simple. You give him, you, you take away the throws in the numbers, inside the numbers, and you make him throw outside. Because when he threw outside, he just didn't look comfortable. There were a lot of throws going over receivers' heads or going wide. or He really struggled to get the ball out in coverage. Between the numbers, he looked phenomenal, as always. You know, getting the ball over the middle. He, he looks great, but yeah, throwing it out wide. They don't have a lot of weapons outside either. Everything's two, three tight end set. Everything's uh, about using those big receivers across the middle. But when you're outside, you've got Hollywood Brown, who's tiny, and, and that's kind of it. Miles Boykin hasn't stepped up. Willie Sneed's an inside guy. Hayden Hurst inside guy. Andrew's inside guy. You don't have any weapons outside. and that I, You have to credit the coaching staff of the Titans because they, they did a really good job and. Mm-hmm enforcing that upon them and saying, all right, you can have your rushing yards across the middle. We're just going to make the stops at the goal line. We're going to make the stops in the red zone. If we need to, you can get to the 15, whatever, that's fine. But we're going to keep running the ball down your throat. They had a game plan and stuck to it. They're going to be a big, uh, big order for the Chiefs. Yeah. Talking of the Chiefs and big orders, they had a, uh, a 24-point one to overcome in their game against the Texans, and boy, did they overcome it. I uh, I was watching this one. This was one of the only ones I watched live. Do you know what the odds for the Chiefs to win were when they were 24 nothing down? It wouldn't have been that high. Damn straight it wasn't. It was 2-1. to one. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was going to be f- it'd be fives. I thought this, just four scores. I know it was, you know, a long time of the game left, but they're... The Texans looked okay at that point. The Chiefs didn't look like they were up and running. And, man, did somebody plug them in. 
Well, so much so they ran out of fireworks. Yeah, literally ran out of fireworks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to so when it went 24 nothing, the Chiefs ended up playing the rest of the game 51 points to 7 was the rest of the game score. They're the only team in history to be trading 24 points to come back and not be losing at halftime. They then also were the first team to be trading by 20-plus points to then win by 20 or more points <laughs> in NFL history. I mean, people are, are calling out Bill O'Brien for the missed, or for, you know, going for the field goal instead of going for the touchdown and the fake punt. But I, I just think all around, they just didn't do a good job. The defense was, was poor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they were particularly well coached in, in defense. I mean, Listen, you you got to take your hat off to the Chiefs. They are one of the best offences in the game. But, you know, momentum's such a, a thing. And, and you knew, I think I sent the tweet on our account at uh, 24-7, oh, here comes the comeback uh, with a gift. Don't call it a comeback. Because it was just, for me, obvious at that point that, 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 that the Chiefs were going to win this game. And that's why the odds were where they were, because the, the Texans have a history of this. And, I mean, the only good news that Bill O'Brien has is whereas everybody would have been calling for his head on Monday, the Astros get caught cheating uh, to win their World Series and the GM and the coach get fired. They get a $5 million fine and all of a sudden Bill O'Brien's like forgotten. It's like, oh, well, you know, now it's all about the Astros. So he's a, a lucky boy instead, but the Chiefs are going to take some stopping in the Super Bowl and that, that, that Titans-Chiefs game is going to be phenomenal next week. Yeah. Is that Arrowhead, right? It's at Arrowhead. Ooh. No, just when you want the Titans to not run the football if it's cold. <laughs> I don't think Derek Henry cares right now. I think he's he is doing a job wherever. Yeah. So then final game, Seahawks lost to the Packers twenty three twenty eight. I have not seen I only know the box score on this, I haven't seen any of the footage from this game. Yeah, I was gonna say this is the one game I was uh travelling back. I didn't get the opportunity to, to watch this through yet. Um but, you know, for all intents and purposes you know, I've, I've had a quick look at the, at the highlights and, and looking at what they do. You know, the Packers just seem to be in control throughout. The Titans are just banged up. They were banged up coming into this. You know, Travis Homer and Marshall Lynch is your backs. As we, as we sort of said, this was a case of they didn't look good against the Eagles. And they just about scraped through. This isn't a shock result to me. The only shock is, I think, if you're the Packers, you would have liked them to perhaps put a bit more of a marker out there. That pass rush was was great with the Smith boys. They did a phenomenal job, um, and they're going to be they're going to be you know if if you can get in Jimmy Garoppolo's face, there's a chance here that they could do something. But for me, they need to step it up another gear. Um, I just think they lack a weapon or two. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy Graham did come up with some big plays in this game. Yeah, and Devontae Adams looked good as well. Yeah, he did. Right then, let's do some news. So the Browns have hired Vikings OC Kevin Stefanski as their new head coach. Yep, so this is it. All the uh, teams now have a head coach. Um, this was a big win for the analytics guys in Paul De Podesta. This was the guy that he wanted. Last season, I wanted him, right? He wanted him last season. He's, he's done about 17 to 20 hours worth of interviews with the Browns over the last two years. Wow. Um, one of the interesting things that have come out, though, is that the coaching staff now, when they come up with their game plan, have to send it upstairs to the analytics guys on Friday and to the owner. Wow. Before it's adopted on Sunday, which I think is is crazy. What happens if they don't like it? 
and then make changes, which I just think is that seems pretty wild. short. Yeah, I, I think the Browns just organizationally need to work it out. But it looks like Paul De Podesta is going to take more control, especially if he's going to start bringing in things like that. So um, they're on pace to hire a new GM as well um, and get this coaching staff filled. So I have no real feeling towards Stefanski if. You know, at the end of the day, he followed what Gary Kubiak and and Mike Zimmer wanted. So he called plays the same way that you can't really kill him for how he played, how he called the game against the 49ers. I don't think you can call him a raving success no. either, uh, based on their designs of how their offense runs. And so I'm kind of a jury out on him. I'm, you know, I think with any coach, you've got to give him a chance. Um, but I'm not overly wowed or excited by what he can potentially do whereas I know for all intents and purposes Josh McDaniels was someone who I thought mm. could have done a better job but I think he wanted to change too much and that ultimately is why he he wanted a tear down job didn't he yeah and I don't think they were prepared to do that which I can't help but think they're tearing down because they've, they've gone from being the analytics guys to the football guys and now they've given the football guys analytical help and it's just really confusing like i don't really know what the browns are anymore well the browns don't know what they are. i think well, that's part of the problem yeah so it'd be interesting to see what happens who they bring in who they draft i still you know if you're sit, sitting there looking at next year do i think they're going to be in the playoffs next year probably not i think this is going to take a couple of years to, to get anything out of yeah, 100%. So does our boy behind the glass. He is shaking his head furiously. <laughs> Talking of changes at, at Cleveland, George Patton, the Vikings assistant GM, is interviewing for the GM job with the Browns. And then Wade Phillips is expected to be named as the DC in Cleveland after leaving the Rams. I mean, there's no concrete reports. on. I mean, there's just reports coming out. There's no... This is what you're hearing from the streets you're telling Yeah, me. exactly. This is from the, the, the sources. You know, I'm like Varys in Game of Thrones, so I've got the birds out there, so... <laughs> It could be uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it looks like George Patton, which would make sense because he's the Vikings assistant GM. He knows Stefanski well. Mm-hmm. That would make some sense. Wade Phillips, as I sort of said last week on this podcast, if I was Matt Rule or if I was Joe Judge, Wade Phillips would be my uh, first phone call. Sort of set and forget. So again, Kevin Stefanski, if he brings in Wade Phillips, I think that's an excellent hire. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. College ball now. Don't talk a lot about it, but LSU have, you been, LSU have been crowned college football national champions after an impressive 42-25 win over reigning champions Clemson. I mean, they put together, and I'm not a big LSU fan, um, but they put together Joe Burrow and LSU, arguably the best ever season in college football history. Mm-hmm. So LSU finished 15-0. and uh, they beat seven top ten teams this year. That's a lot, isn't it? I mean, that, that's the most ever. Um, okay, that's a very lot then. They very outscored lot? Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson by a combined 142 points to 63 to close out the season. They were their last three games. SEC title game, first round of playoffs, and then the national title game. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, so LSU's opponents throughout the season won the ACC, Clemson, the Big 12, the SEC East, the Orange Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, the Alamo Bowl, and the Texas Bowl. There's a lot of good teams. Yeah. So, <laughs> and and then just to, to top it all off, uh, Joe Burrow threw for, <laughs> he threw for 60 touchdowns. 
Hmm. An average of four touchdowns a game. I would put a considerable amount on he's not going to throw 60 touchdowns next year. I'd give a considerable amount of money that he might not make it to throw 60 touchdowns in the NFL behind that offensive line. <laughs> Shade. I love it. <laughs> ah, give it to uh, your boy Joe Mixon because he's not running through the offensive line as opposed to throwing over it either. Yeah. So the Bears are hiring ex-Bengals OC Bill Lazor as their new OC for next season. No real strong feelings about this at all. Um, the Bears need to do something. I don't think Bill Lazor is necessarily the guy, but yeah. I guess we'll see what happens there. Moving on, Bob, Bill O'Brien does not expect the Texans to hire a GM in 2020. Well, I guess... He, well, he's doing such a sterling job of it. Well, let's be honest, he hasn't really got the draft much next year. I mean, he can forget turning up night one of the draft and... Oh, that table's going to look empty, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't think they have to pay anyone major this year either, so... Why they need a GM next year? It's not like they don't have much to do. Save paying the GM. This year's All or Nothing has been announced, and Thursday's guest is going to be stoked about it. It's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like it should be good because of everything that happened, but I don't know if it will be. If Josh McCown's not playing wide receiver, I'm not interested. Well, he might be. Well, yeah, like even if it's on the scout teams, practical, or whatever. That we I'm... might see him sort of Thursday evening getting some emergency reps for the weekend. I mean. Let's be honest. Half of the half of the episodes are going to be based in the training room. It's going to be a lot cues. of masseuse work. <laughs> I mean, if you get off watching players with big calves and big thighs getting rubbed, then this could be the show for you. <laughs> uh, that threw you off. Yeah, I'm, I'm all out. I'm all out. I'm not all or nothing. I'm all out. John D. Filippo has been out as the Jags OC after one season. Uh, yeah, I mean. This is a real damning indictment to mm-hmm. where Nick <laughs> Foles is going to be next year because this was Nick Foles' OC that he saw a lot of success that he won the Super Bowl under. Yeah, with him out, it makes me think: Do they are are they going in the Gardner Minshew way and going to try and find a way to get Nick Foles out of his contract? It's a lot of cheddar. I mean, yeah, but teams need QBs. Then maybe they trade him. I don't know. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Detroit Lions have hired former Eagles secondary coach Corey Oudlin. Undlin? Undlin. Undlin, okay. As their new DC, yeah, needed to improve that secondary. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't have any strong opinions on this high. I don't know enough about him, but, um, you know, the Eagles secondary hasn't been that good for the last couple of years, so I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. Former Dallas Cowboys and Miami Dolphins coach Jimmy Johnson is bound for Canton. Johnson was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Sunday as part of the 2020 class. See, when this broke, I thought he was already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I no, no, no feelings. I, I I thought he was like I I saw it. I was like, I'm pretty sure he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I was like, it wasn't. I was like, that's a major oversight that someone has finally got corrected in 2020. I've got this vision of him just there on his own with a single balloon and one of those things reflowing. Goes <laughs> like that's such a. I think he's like. Just thought it would never happen. He's like, ah. Oh. Or maybe he's like everyone else and thought he was in. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't make it one year and thought he was in. So well, he must have known he's not in because he doesn't have a gold jacket to go and wear for special occasions. That's very true. So, I don't know. It was a weird one. Yeah. But he's in now. Ah, the Denver Broncos. They fired offensive coordinator Rich Scandarello after one season and are expected to hire ex-Giants coach Pat Shermer. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it is, isn't it? She's not really going to fire an underpowering offense, hiring Pat Sherman to run it. Old Cortland Sutton. Joy. Well, mm. he likes to sling the rock, old Pat, so, you know, could be worse. That's very true. 
very true indeed. The New York Giants are hiring Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator Patrick Graham to be their new DC. I mean, not a terrible hire, but... Um, no feelings. It's really hard to judge how... You're judging him based on last year, which that Miami didn't have a lot of talent. I mean, he played hard, so I guess he's going to bring work ethic to the Giants, so that's only a plus. Very true, very true. judge him on how he manages talent because he didn't have any. Yeah, no, no, fair, fair. And Julian Edelman, last on the news bill, he's been arrested for a misdemeanor vandalism charge for jumping on a car on Saturday night in Beverly Hills, California. Yeah, he has been released. Yeah. Say the V. I mean, don't. Don't jump on cars? Don't jump on cars? Was it his car? I don't think so. I think it was someone else's car. I don't know all the details, but. Oh, well, Julian. I know you lost the Super Bowl, and I know you used to work in this time of year, but there's better things to do with your time. Sort your life out. There is one more bit of news that Antonio Gates uh, has officially retired from the NFL today. Yes, he has. He has indeed. So, congratulations on a pretty good career, Mr. Gates. Absolutes. Right, Murph, are you ready for this? Are you ready for the 2020 rushes? There should definitely be some sort of sound drop here. Yeah. I haven't got it. Maybe a trumpet or two. Oh, man, you've even stolen it from another show. <laughs> Rachel Riley, don't come at us. No, don't. Um, I don't know who the guy who hosted his name is. Wasn't he on The Apprentice at Nick one point? Hewer. Nick Hewer. Right. The honour is mine. I got the first award. And uh, this is, we should say, there's a theme to this year's Rushies. There is. And it's TV shows. I was going to say, maybe you try and work it out. <laughs> Well, the first one would have given it away. Well, yeah, I'd hope so, yeah. And if you haven't got it by the second one, what are you doing? Yeah, that's a good point. So I've helped out everyone who's never heard of any of these TV shows. Which I'm sure they have. Exactly. It's TV shows. That's the theme. And the first one is the Walking Dead Award. And this is for the player who just kept on going, regardless of being in a dead situation, in the face of adversity. And my winner for this award is Adrian Peterson. Congratulations, Adrian. Once again, another award with the impressive hall yep. of awards you have including the MVP award I mean, this one might be the most important one he's ever won so I've seen a picture of Adrian Peterson's lounge and his mantelpiece is slightly squiff which you know they're all sitting on yeah. if he wants to just lift it up a bit and put the rushy in there to level it out I'm down with that fine if Adrian Peterson wants to level his mantle with the rushy you crack on Adrian no I gave it to him because he was on a terrible team and once Geis went down, Adrian Peterson didn't have a week under 10 fantasy points in the last four weeks of the season. So if you really needed an RB to plug in, you did worse than Adrian Peterson, who was pretty much free when you picked him up. That's fair. So I have created the Deadwood Ward. This is the player that I drafted a lot that just ended up being waiver wire fodder and was therefore Deadwood on my rosters. Question. Yeah. I haven't seen Deadwood. What is it? It's uh, quite a dark show of Ian McShane. Um... Is it to do with like the sort of Deadwood thing, or did you use the name for the award? I just used the name okay, for the cool. award. It just Deadwood because yeah, no, it makes sense. A lot of Deadwood on my, uh, a lot of Deadwood on my teams. Now I actually had a different winner for this award, and I changed it at the eleventh hour. Is this the eleventh hour, man, or are you going to surprise me? Now? No, 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 this is the person oh, who I've okay. given the award to. So I have given it to Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis is a guy I took in a lot of drafts. 8th, ninth, 10th round. Man, did that stink. And was just absolutely useless all season long. So, Dante Pettis, who, who, congratulations. Who got squeaked out at the 11th hour? Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson. Yeah, you were high on him. And the only reason I, the only reason was Dante Pettis was drafted higher. 
Okay, fair. That's the only that was that was the only reason it went to Dante Pettis because I thought yes, Albert Wilson, but I was paying twelfth round, thirteenth round prices for him everywhere. So it kind of like was I. Yes, I was high on him, but at the same point... They didn't absolutely kill you. It didn't absolutely... I mean, Dodgers Pettis didn't actually kill me, but in terms of just 12th, 13th round guy not working out versus 8th, 9th round guy not working out, I mean, that that was really the, the tiebreaker. Yeah, right. This is time for the first public vote, and it wouldn't be the Rushies without Rush Nation getting involved, and this is the Breaking Bad Award. So if you didn't vote in this, this is the player that has been notoriously bad but finally broke their bad tag and became relevant at last. And the nominees were Devontae Parker, Ryan Tannehill. Well, this is not good for Lee behind the glass. And uh, Darren Waller and Kenyon Drake. And the winner with a... I suppose this isn't really for Lee. This is moving on. But the winner with a huge 45% of the vote is... Congratulations, Ryan Tannehill. You are the Breaking Bad Award winner. Yeah, so I know I put three X or current Dolphins in there. But ultimately, from a fantasy football perspective, that is how you're going to look at the award. Someone, actually two people, thought it was incredibly disrespectful for me to put Ryan Tannehill in here because uh, apparently, and they really kicked up a fuss saying like, oh, he's been an above average QB, not in fantasy football. He's been irrelevant in fantasy football. Devontae Parker has killed teams for years in fantasy football. Except that one week last week, yeah. I mean, last year, was great. yeah, except for the one week that we <laughs> said he'd be good last year. Darren Waller never really did anything, could argue he never really had a chance, but Kenya Drake for fantasy just could never, ever win the job. And all these guys broke out this year. So, congratulations, Ryan Tannehill. You are the winner of the Breaking Bad Award, as voted for by... The Nation. By The Nation on Twitter. Right, my second award. I have to admit, I have not seen this show, but I've heard it's very good. And it's called The Crown. So The Crown Award is the player who crowned themselves as a top of their tree for the position they play in for next year. And uh, just, I don't think there's anyone coming close at all. And it's Can't Guard Mike. Michael Thomas, congratulations. You are the winner of The Crown Award. Wait, over Devontae Parker? Massively, yeah. I, there's not a crown. Sad. Why? No, I'm joking. Oh, I thought we were going to get into the wide receiver <laughs> debate. I was like, Murph, we do not have do not have time for this right now. So yeah, Michael Thomas streets ahead of anyone else at his position. Yeah, um, no, that's fair. I don't think anyone could argue that. Exactly. And there was a few people I wanted to put in here. One of them would get swept up the rushies this year. So we wanted to spread the love a smidge. And uh, obviously, Michael Thomas has been getting into a few people on Twitter recently as well. So we didn't want to be the wrong side of his beef. No, absolutely. And, and listen, I, I don't think there's anyone in the world that can say that Michael Thomas won't be the wide receiver one drafted off the board next year. So, uh, where, where just that interest, Murph, would you consider taking him next year? Probably at the 106. Okay. Five running backs ahead of him, eh? Yeah. Okay. At least at this stage. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. I just wanted a quick early insight. Yeah. Over to you, sir. So I have created the Justified Award. It's a TV show I've never personally watched, but it fitted nicely with my theme. Um, <laughs> it's the player that easily justified their first round selection in my drafts. There was only one winner of this award. It was Please be Christian McCaffrey. CMC, 100%. He was the only one for me that I felt out of all the first round picks. If you gave me the draft again, he's the only one I'd auto-draft without even thinking twice. 
Uh, Everybody else, I would have some skepticism uh, on drafting. You know, Zeke was okay, but... Not the Zeke we thought he was going to be. Alvin Kamara was a bit of a headache all year. Saquon was injured. Um, Dave Johnson was a dumpster fire. Lev Bell, dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. Um, Even Melvin Gordon at some points was first-round talent. Yeah, I mean, Julio didn't quite do it. He was okay, but not outstanding. So, yeah. Oh, Christian yeah. McCaffrey for me. Not a not a fairer winner. Not a fairer winner at all. Right, the next one. It's a public vote. The nation have decided that the succession award goes... Sidebar. Sidebar? This is one of the best television shows ever. Okay. If Pray you've tell. not seen Succession, it is absolutely superb. Come on then, tell me what it's about. So Succession is about a... It's basically a um, media mogul. And he has a stroke and illness. And basically it's all about his kids deciding which one is going to take over the family firm. But he gets better. So the first series is about him naming a successor. Right. To It's like, well, it's probably time I, I think about naming my successor. And so he's got three very dysfunctional kids. and they Or four, actually. But one of them is not really in the frame. And they are all vying for power and it's a very power hungry uh way into uh, a very rich family and they're just it's just mad it's so great how many series are there two 20 episodes okay brilliant television show worth watching then yep a lot of brilliant english actors in it even though it's an american tv show okay okay I'll, I'll stick it on my list so the justified award is the player that easily justified their first round selection in our drafts not the first round selection you read the wrong line. Oh, apologies. I've got lost. The succession. Not justified. Players that have been waiting in the wings to finally take over and succeed. And the nominations are Fire the Cannons, Murph, Chris Godwin, John O. Smith, Mark Ingram, and DJ Chuck. Do, 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 do. I can't believe I've done that. I've <laughs> refrained for so long. And my son got a baby shark toy for Christmas from the in-laws. I didn't want it. Well, just because of the tune is irritating. Uh, sidebar, I've taught myself to play it on the piano. Three notes is not difficult. I mean, I'm, I'm no buck. Let's be honest. And uh, well, there's only one winner here, wasn't there? By a huge margin, and that's your boy Chris Godwin with 58 percent of the vote. Yeah, thoroughly really deserved. Um, don't think that came as a big shock to anybody, but I was surprised maybe by the margin of it. I thought DJ Chark um, and Mark Ingram would get a bit more love than they did. Yeah, but Mark Ingram was never really flashy, even though he had massive weeks. And DJ Chark vanished at the end of the season. Everyone knows recency bias massively affects fantasy football. So even though he might have got you to the to the playoff Holy Land, he certainly didn't win it for you. Right, my next one, I love this TV show. And it's the Catfish Award. So this is the player who, despite having a sexy profile picture, a bomb-ass new job in a new town and loads of money, turns out to be somebody completely else. And there was only ever one winner for this for me. And that's OBJ because you drafted him high and boy did he let you down. Yeah, I I go back to what I said last year, and I said it time and time again. New wide receivers or wide receivers on new teams do not perform as well. And I said to people, <clears throat> stay away. I drafted him in one league. That was it. Um, I just said, I don't like wide receivers moving to new teams. You've got to be really careful. It takes time to build up that chemistry. And to be fair, towards the end of the season, he did. I mean, he had a thousand-yard season, which was shocking. Because it's probably the worst thousand yard season on record. But at the end of the day, he just didn't really ever look like the Odell Beckham Jr. until week 16, week 17. 
So, you know, I think it's a fair winner, definitely. Let's see if Stefanski can help him turn the corner back to being great again. I mean, is he a running back? Because that's all Kevin Stefanski really knows how to do. Sell, sell, sell. (laughs) Sell it now. Sell it all now. (laughs) I have gone for a lead because they really hate me for this award. The Frozen Planet Award. What? Frozen Planet? Yeah. like David Attenborough? Yeah. Okay. You know, with the animals, right? Yeah, yeah, I so know. Th- he does animal programs. <laughs> and, you know, this player who, no matter what, just looked like he was always running in slow motion, like he was frozen. So this, there was really only ever one winner for this, and that was Caelan Balash. The man who has broken history as the only running back ever on a minimum of 60 attempts to fail to reach two yards to carry average. <laughs> He's three yards short of making it to this show. Well, he's made it, and he's won himself a Rushy, the Frozen Planet Award. I, I mean, I've just never seen a running back like him. Do you know of the winners? I think he's probably the, <laughs> the, the most likely to accept the award as well. <laughs> I feel like I should phone him up. Hey, Caelan, do you want to come on? If, we, if I knock one up out of wood, it should be for him, and we should send it to him. <laughs> or give it to him when they turn up next year in the International Series. Yeah, that could be, a, that could be an option. Imagine that. <laughs> Right, the next one, Rush Nation, you voted again, and this is for the Wire Award. This was so close, by the way. This was, this is frighteningly close. So, this is for the Waiver Wire Pickup of the Year Award, obviously. No difficulty in working out what that one was going to be. And the four nominees were Darren Waller, Devontae Parker, Patriots DST, and Ryan Tannehill. And guess what, Ryan? You've got yourself a second rushy. He won with 31% of the vote. Second was the Patriots with 26. Devontae Parker was third with 22. And then Darren Waller was last with 21. That's close. Really close. So, I mean, I was a little shocked by this. Um, Who do you think it was going to be? I genuinely thought it would be either the Patriots or Darren Waller. Just because if you picked him up week one, you had the whole season of them. Mm-hmm. But Tannehill wasn't really relevant to week eight. There's recency bias once again. Yeah, I think I think that played a part. I mean, the Patriots DST or Darren Waller to some effect got you to to the promised land. Whereas Devontae Parker and Ryan Tannehill... Well, I don't know. Parker was pretty good from week five, week six. So yeah, I, can, I can swallow Devontae Parker and in a position that's very difficult to pick up. So in the sense of, at least with Devontae Parker, with wide receivers, they're quite hard to pick up. I mean, from week six onwards, he was a top 12 wide receiver. So I get that, because that is like buying gold to get a player that effective. So, yeah, I'm a little shocked just at the position, but I guess recency bias. But well done, Ryan. Congratulations. Congratulations. So this next one, I struggled a little bit with this one. Not because I knew what I wanted, and uh, I... I was thinking Sunday nights, television, what did I watch growing up that was perennial Sunday night? And I thought my Sunday nights consisted of my dad making up a Sunday tea. So we had sandwiches, scones, crumpets, that sort of thing, crisps and cakes. And we used to watch telly Sunday nights. And I thought one man and his dog used to watch that every Sunday night. And I thought most people won't even know what that is. So I went for the other TV show which we watched was the Antiques Roadshow Award. And this is... I love Antiques Roadshow. I know it is mustard, Marmite, but I love sitting down there and seeing people's reactions when somebody tells them their old teapot's worth two and a half thousand pounds. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a weirdo. Whatever. So this is for the player who you know that when you sat down on a Sunday night to watch was going to be fun. And it was Lamar Jackson. From week one, you plugged him in and it was an absolute hoot. Or was it 
the fact that he played like an antique? No, I d- d- disagree with that. He was a roadshow. Yeah, but how many teapots have you seen run about like that? Except the one from Beauty and the Beast. Caleb Blage? <laughs> yeah. He's even got one of them cozies on top. He Jeez. didn't go that far. Yeah, I, I, I could have thought of better. What? Something like television shows. Well, yeah, but they, you, they weren't better for my youth. That's what I watched. The Last of the Summer Wine. I did used to watch that, actually. There you go. But I wouldn't say it was... because. But I still watch Antiques Roadshow. Really? And, yeah. Not not every week. I don't... I mean, Red Zone's on. <laughs> yeah. But we only have one telly in my house. And we all know who wears the trousers. <laughs> Red Zone is on my phone. And no, no, it's a lie. I don't watch Antiques Roadshow because she hates that even more than the football. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Learning a lot tonight, man. I tell you. That's fine. We're going to take a slightly uh, right turn to the Grand Tour Award. Nice one. This player gave me every kind of emotion from being good to being hurt to being poor to finally turning up and winning me titles. There was only one man for the job. It was Alvin Kamara. This man owning him was an absolute nightmare. It was literally... I went through everything. He was amazing the first three weeks of the season. Then he gets hurt. He came back. He He didn't look good. He lost his burst. People think he might be done. And then in the fantasy playoffs, boom, 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 he delivered me a couple of titles. What up? So, Alvin Kamara, it was a wild ride. It was like going in a supercar with you, um, fearing I might crash, fearing I might run off the road. But eventually, you delivered me to winner's circle. Thanks very much. What a ride, Alvin Kamara. Question. Why Grand Tour and not Top Gear? Because the Grand Tour has got the original three. Mm. I'm, okay. a Jez, I'm a Jezza Clarkson. No, no, yeah, I just Richard Hammond and James May fan. I mean, and also because Grand Tour, because I was thinking about the sweeping bends, and, and it was everything. a Grand Tour of a journey. All right, yeah, yeah no, I, so I, that I can, was really why I went with that. I can get on board with that. Right, Rush Nation, it's time for another public vote, and this is the Catastrophe Award. Another great television show, by the way. And no, I've not seen it. Um, it's got Rob Delaney and oh, her name has escaped me, uh, Sharon Horgan. I guess it's about a catastrophe, right? It's basically about a couple who ha- who meet, ha- go on a blind date, or they meet in the bar, have a one-night stand, end up having a kid. Yeah, probably. And then they decide to stay together, get married, have a second kid, and yeah, it's just basically about my, how... So, peeling back the curtain on our awards document, I, my first one I came to was Chernobyl. It's going to be my disaster. <laughs> and I opened the document, and there's one called The Catastrophe, and I thought, gosh... Damn it. No, I can't use Chernobyl. So, yeah. So this was the player you took really high in your drafts and that left you high and dry. Antonio Brown, OBJ, David Johnson and Damian Williams were the nominees. And the winner with 45% of the vote was Antonio Brown. Congratulations, Mr. Brown. The Rushy's not in the post. No, we don't want to send you anything. I mean, you have one one week when you're fancy relevant. I'm hugely surprised that it was him over OBJ and David Wood Johnson. I'm not, because if you took him, then you were stuck. But I mean, you would have taken OBJ before Antonio Brown. Yeah, but Antonio I, I guess Brown, Brown I mean, the fact that he gave play. you absolutely nothing. Yeah, okay, fair. I fair. mean, David Johnson, I've, I would have thought, was pretty close. He gave you nothing. But you had a couple of weeks in the beginning where he kind of did something. Okay. But yeah. Right, my one. And uh, thanks to Robert Rework Massage for helping me out with this. It's the Apprentice Award. And that was to the rookie who you had faith in from the first episode and ended up winning the whole thing. 
and it was a toss up between two. I wanted to go. I wanted to go with uh, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. Thanks, his name completely vaporized from my mind there. But the winner is DK Metcalf, just because of how low people were on him going into the draft, and the fact you may have even picked him up for nothing or late in the draft, and turned out to be the best rookie of the year by some margin. Yeah. No, definitely, especially recently with what he's done in the playoffs. Uh, he looks like a good bet going forward. So um, I, I'm a little surprised he didn't put AJ Brown in there because that's another one. Good yeah. good crop of rookies this year. Very good, considering wide receiver rookies don't tend to pop too much in their first or second years. But no, that's a, a fair winner. I can't argue against that. So my final award is the Curb Your Enthusiasm Award. This is the player who, despite having a really strong finish to the year, I will make sure not to get too excited about him next season. He's been mentioned a few times before. He's everybody's favourite wide receiver. It's Devontae Parker. I'm proud of the fact that he had a great season and he finally showed his talent. Um, There's just so much about that, like who's going to QB next year? How long are they going to QB? Who's coming in? What Preston Williams is going to come back? And he's clearly the future for me there. I just think there's a lot of things there that are just too much going on. And uh, I'm just slightly worried that Devontae Parker might just be slightly pushed back out, um, given the fact that we've had for five years, four years of poor production and one year of good production. Somebody who picked him as the, as the waiver wire pickup and won a league with him is going to take him way too early next year. Absolutely. Um, don't get me wrong, if, he's, if he is in the Dante Pettis range into the 7th, 8th round... Do you think Dante Pettis is going to be a thing next year? No, absolutely not. But I mean, from, the, oh, like, from this year, okay, yeah. fair. If he's in that seventh, eighth round, I'd probably take a punt in, in, in a couple of places with him. But um, I think he, I see him going in the fifth round, that's and very that's too bold. high. Yeah, I just, I just like others around that range for me. Yeah. So we'll that, see. That, that's strong. Talking of strong, the wind outside is blowing an absolute holy rush nation. So if you can hear it in the background, it means we're not dead. Hey. <laughs> and then finally we're moving on to the last public rush nation vote and that was the good place award again another very fun family television show okay it's basically um people who um in a good place they basically die and they go oh. to the good place oh is it with Kristen bell yeah okay it's very short like 22 minute episodes e4 jobby yes okay or netflix Probably both. But most people watch television these days. Yeah. Okay. And that's the uh, the Good Place Award is the fantasy MVPs that led you to the good place, i.e. championship games and title city, the ones that won you their ships. The four nominees were Lamar Jackson, CMC, Michael Thomas, and Dalvin Cook. And this is surprisingly high, I think. It was Are very you- close between two. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Jackson and McCaffrey were the two that were up there. And Lamar Jackson won it with 41% of the vote. I was just surprised that Darwin Cook didn't get as much. Yeah. I wonder if that's because he burnt a few people in week 15 when he never played. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that could be the case. Or actually just people listen to me and they've decided to, you know, not buy Darwin Cook. And therefore, weren't invested in him. Which... It's a fair decision. Yeah, I mean, it's not one I've taken. I've invested, and I'm still invested, and Dalvin Cook is my boy. Maybe not next season in redraft. I don't know. The injury, I know what you're saying, and I hear you. Let him go in the first round to someone else, man. 
But he's, he'll be there looking at me with those eyes. He'll be like, Stocks, I'm your boy. And I'll, Sorry, Dalvin, I'm going to have to bypass you. But you're still my boy in uh, in Dynasty. I own you in a couple of places and we'll ride that ship to death together. Hopefully there'll be more ships for me to ride with you. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't come crashing down and burning. Got anything other awards, Murph, off the top of your head that you want to drop? Uh, it's alright if you don't. I just wanted to put you on the spot. I'm just thinking. Um, i trying to think of other TV shows that I watched that it could turn into an award. I massively struggled thinking of TV shows. I, mean, I watch quite a bit of TV. I mean, there's but no, I, Peaky I, Blinders, I, but... How do you attribute... The trouble yeah. was, it, TV shows are one thing, but how do you attribute a fantasy football player to a TV show? That's what I found tricky about this. Yeah, yeah, which was why the exercise was, was good fun. Listen, in the hammering rain at work today, I admit I did do it late. Yeah, you did. It's only been up for 10 days or so. But. Yeah, but I need a prompt. I need somebody to tell my Alexa that I need... <laughs> no, man, you just you just own it. You own the process. Um, I did own the process. I did it late, so I was fresh when I came to the studio today. That's my process. <laughs> process that, pal. All right, mate. Okay. That's it. That's the award show finished. I enjoyed it. Rushies were good once again. They were. Congratulations to all of our winners. Worthy. Especially um, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, uh, the only man with two rushies. Or did Lamar Jackson get two? Lamar Jackson got two. So Lamar Jackson got two. Did Devontae Parker not get two? Or did no, he, get... he only got one. He got a lot of mentions, a lot of nominations. Um, yeah. I mean, so really what you have to have taken away from the rushies is that Caelan Balage won as many rushies as OBJ. And that's why we love it. <laughs> that's why we love the rushies. Fantasy football is a weird, weird place, man. Love it. Thursday's guest is an absolute banger. He is someone I've I've listened to for quite a while and someone who I have the utmost respect for and just all round general just admire his fantasy process and He is a real, real nice guy. Really nice guy. Loves to chat, loves to talk ball. Um He said we're magical as well. Yeah. So you gotta love that. So yeah, yeah really enjoy the show on Thursday. Um, he's someone that if you don't know who he is, you should. And you will. And you certainly will by listening because he is someone who I've really learned a lot about fantasy football from. Um, his podcast is incredible. His content is even better. Um, so enjoy the chat. He is very open and very honest. And yeah, I've really enjoyed it. One of, one of my favorites. Definitely. 100%. Right, Rush Nation. That's it. I'm dropping the mic, walking off stage with my gown afloat. The rush is in my hands. I'm out of here. Don't forget, head over to Twitter. Give us a follow at Five Yard Rush. Check us out on YouTube. And the YouTube channel is somebody help me out, Lee. Five Yard Rush. Yeah, cool. Go over to five YouTube. Five Yard Rush on Twitter. Five Yard Rush on Twitter. Five Yard Rush on Instagram. Five Yard Rush on YouTube. Five Yard Rush on Google. Everything. We're there. We're all about it. Don't you- forget to write us some reviews. We've not had many reviews recently. 100%. A little five so- star would be much, much appreciated. If you fancy throwing a coin into the tip jar over on Patreon, we would love you to do so if you please. That's about it, man. Don't forget to sign up to the FFCC. Don't forget to tip because that will get you entry not only into the FFCC guaranteed, but also into another couple of live events that we will be doing. So make sure you tune in for those. And who knows, if you do tip, you might get a signed chest from yours truly. Oh, 
No, no, stop it, right? Stop it. Well, stop it, stop it, stop unlike it. Unlike The Purge, which happens once a year and turned into a TV series from a film, we're coming back on Thursday. This isn't just a one-off. We're here all off-season, Rush Nation. Don't call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Hashtag Rush Nation. You did us proud with the awards, and we appreciate the love. Murph, I will catch you Thursday. Leave behind the glass. Thank you so much for all your hard work. And as always, Rush Nation, don't forget, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm gonna do this to protect myself. Do it for them, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.